CFL fans, are you ready? Because it's time for the Canadian Football Countdown on Mike FM Winnipeg. Canadian Football Countdown starts now. We interrupt your daily schedules to bring you a podcast all about schedules. Hello everyone and welcome to the Canadian Football Countdown. I'm Ryan Coop alongside Michael Garrell. Mike, how are you? I'm sitting here frozen in paranoia because I don't know where you got that introduction from. I just pull it out of my hat. Because it was excellent. I didn't have anything until about two seconds ago. The best ones aren't the ones scripted, huh? Yeah. New year, new me, as they say. No longer the same intro every single week. Uh, You know, just got to add a bit of a flair for the dramatics here. Uh, Mike, we're here today talking about the CFL schedule. And while we're on the topic of schedules, uh, folks, there is a very important event on the schedule tomorrow. As oh dear. we're recording this Tuesday night, as oh uh, my co-host across the table here for me uh, is having a birthday tomorrow. So oh dear. an early happy birthday to you, Mike. Thank no, you. I won't sing the happy birthday song, mostly because A, I can't sing, B, nobody wants to hear me sing, and <laughs> C, I don't know if happy birthday is in the public domain yet. That's a bit of an iffy area. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't want to get so I won't sing that, but a very Fine happy, with me. A very happy birthday to you, sir. And uh may this year bring a Bombers Grey Cup into your life for the first time. I would love that. <laughs> Um, the Canadian Football Countdown. We are a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Uh, a lot of great things going on. Everybody's uh, getting ready for another season of CFL football here. So check out cfpodnetwork.ca and at cfpodnetwork on Twitter uh, and follow along with all the other great shows there. Uh, season preview show last week. Uh, I thought it went pretty well for the most part. Uh, thank you to everybody who listened to that one. And uh it was. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's great to be back. But Mike, we did make one bit of a substantial blunder as we did our season predictions last did we? week, and that was well, we went through and predicted everything, and we predicted who we were going to have in the Grey Cup, but we didn't predict who's going to win the Grey Cup. So you, just to recap, you had Winnipeg and Hamilton in the Grey Cup, correct? Mm-hmm. I had Edmonton, Hamilton. Who do you have winning the Grey Cup in 2020? Winterpeg. Winnipeg. So your there's birthday. Going to, there's going to be a party down Port of Maine. Mike's birthday wish comes true. Um, I have Edmonton and Hamilton in the finals. Uh, I will take Edmonton winning the Grey Cup. Uh, I I don't know. I like I like the changes Edmonton has made. Still that defense this year. Plus, uh, I think you know after last year we had the uh, sourness of Edmonton missing the playoffs and Calgary winning in Edmonton. Maybe this year we'll have the reverse and Edmonton win in Calgary. Too too good of a storyline to pass up. Absolutely. Um, we're gonna go through everything to do with the CFL schedule here because the CFL will occupy our lives for the next uh, 21 and counting weeks, because obviously the playoffs afterwards as well. Schedule has been out for some time already. Uh, We've had a chance to look through it, digest it. I've uh, 
put it all conveniently on one page here for Mike to read through and some interesting statistics as well. So we'll go through the schedule as a whole. We might touch on, I don't know if we'll get around to touching everybody's schedules in depth, but we'll, uh, we'll touch on as many as we can here. So where do you want to begin, Mike? I want to start with something that you pointed out with. That is with the CFL master scheduler in my mind. She did a huge raise. So this is about as perfect as the schedule as one could hope for. Yeah, I went through last night. I spent a lot of time. Beautiful evening in Winnipeg, by the way. I was sitting outside on the swing, just going through my schedule here and mining statistics from it for like two hours. Uh, create the handy dandy. Because what chart. else do we do on a? Yeah, I mean it's Monday yeah, night. What else do I have to do? Um, so I went through. Tried to see if I could find any spots in the schedule that I may think are um, weak points of the schedule. Perhaps, you know, one team getting an advantage over another. There really isn't much. This schedule, from what I can see, is very balanced for all teams in all ways. Sure, there's a couple discrepancies here and there, but yeah, like you said, Schedule Maker did an excellent job. I'm looking at short weeds versus long weeds very even across the board yeah and that was so to clarify short weeks i I determine a short week is anything less than seven days so if you play friday you play friday again that's a normal week you play thursday and then you play the next week friday well that's eight days off so that's a long week but if you were to play say saturday to thursday or saturday friday or saturday friday you got less than a week to prepare it's a bit of a short week so i i I tried to see if there were any teams that got shafted a little bit there uh with longer schedules uh versus weaker but uh it is pretty uh even across the board you know bc's four and four uh, Calgary's got six short weeks, four long weeks. They probably have the toughest schedule in that standpoint. Um, and Montreal probably has the easiest. They're the only ones with a, more long weeks than they have short weeks. Um, but across the board, everybody else is pretty evenly matched of an equal number of short weeks. And I weeks. right away go to look at Calgary's schedule. It's a two home games battled over the first three weeks. At Saskatchewan, at Hamilton, home to Toronto, at Ottawa, uh, home to Edmonton. That would be week eight. Uh, and then Winnipeg, Montreal. Their buys are nicely spread out, too. So that that is the one saving grace with them, is their buys are somewhat spread out. Week two, week 12, and week 16. Yeah, I and I looked, you know, when I started looking at the short and long weeks, uh, I was expecting to maybe see a bit of difference between them. But if you think about it, if you play on Friday one week, then Saturday the next week, that's a long, long week. week. But then if you play on a Friday the week after, it's a short week. So it just balances out in that standpoint. So And in a nine-team lead where, you know, quite honestly, it's... Not an easy schedule, and I'm a scheduler for a local junior women's hockey league, which has seven teams in it. So I I know the pains of trying to schedule for an odd number of teams, never mind building availability and all that other stuff, which comes into effect in Winnipeg and Hamilton with the uh, CPL. Perhaps let's start off with week one on the schedule. We're not going to go through every week here, but... New season comes around. You want the new season to start off with a bang. 
here's the matchups we get. We get BC hosting the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Or sorry, it starts off Thursday night, June June 13th. Uh, Hamilton hosting the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Then on Friday, you've got uh, the Eskimos oh, hosting goodness. the Alouettes. Oh, goodness. Brandon, sorry to touch you in here. A listener has requested the, the happy birthday song. <laughs> I'm not singing happy birthday. Um, that's not happening. Sorry. We Maybe. want happy birthday song. We want happy birthday song. I don't even Sing think it's me, cleared. Ryan. I don't think it's cleared for the public domain, so I'm not going to do that. Okay. Um, I'll sing Mike happy birthday afterwards. How about that? And we can all take comfort. I don't even need happy birthday, okay? <laughs> okay. Just, just for, for the record, for, for, here, for the record, I hate birthdays. Why? Because it's all about me tomorrow, and I don't like that. Mike, I just found the episode title. I hate birthdays. <laughs> I might have to make that the episode title now. Well, but it's true. I mean... No, no, I get it. You're, you're a selfless guy. You're a selfless it, it's guy. like somebody reaches out on Facebook, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. I appreciate the recognition, but mm, let me know on what my day Fair enough, fair enough. Um, getting back to the schedule here. Um, in the first week, so we have BC and Winnipeg facing in BC. We have Hamilton hosting Saskatchewan. Um, we have Edmonton hosting Montreal. And then Calgary hosting Ottawa. Is this an exciting first week for you? Do you like the matchups in week one to kick off the season? The matchup that entices me right off the hop because I think you didn't have some bearing potentially on the crossover, and potentially on the East Division, it's Hamilton-Saskatchewan. Why? The season opener. Um, I'm assuming the Riders will likely stay out East that week because they have a long week, but it's Hamilton and Toronto, so they might stay out there for the week. That's usually what they did under the old regime. Save some money, get the team out on a team bonding trip. On the flip side, just speaking about it, it's a good challenge for Saskatchewan. As far as what we get spat out of Hamilton, and we also want to see if Saskatchewan can right away kind of poo people run because I know you and I both have them finishing last. Spoiler alert: if you haven't heard uh, last week's podcast, I'm sorry, um, but it's a really good test off the hop. There were some really good tests for a lot of teams here. Yeah, the interesting Week One matchup for me is the Grey Cup rematch, Calgary and Ottawa, because. It seems surreal that we're going to see these two teams on the field, but the how much? Change. Yeah, how much of the Grey Cup rematch is this actually? When Calgary's lost half their team, Ottawa's lost half their offense. I, I, it's going to be an interesting matchup to see, you know, just how these teams, how close to last season these teams are. I don't think they. I, I don't think, I've been to buy word to an honorable mention in there and forget about the season opener just because it's the season opener. It would be BC and Winnipeg. Early season positioning on the line here. If we think that the West is going to come down to a game here and a game there and a game there and a game there, these divisional games are big. And I like the fact that it's early for the Blue Bombers because they get BC time to try and get their roster in order before, you know, the second half surge. But again, it's, it's a win for somebody to start off on the right foot in that West division. Yeah, the and the thing is, um, 
that Winnipeg BC game. It's a home game for BC. It's Mike Riley's first regular season game back with the BC Lions. You know that's going to draw in a big crowd, especially against the uh, a division rival in the Bombers. So yeah, I think that game will be a hit in BC. I like these matchups, and you know Edmonton and Montreal is an interesting one for me too, just because how improved is Montreal going to be? Edmonton's overhauled things quite a lot. For me, the most exciting part of the early season schedule is just the fact that there's so many new faces and new places um, that, you know, it's interesting to see the early going workings of building chemistry between these players and who's going to stand out in their new new roles. Looking at the schedule as a whole, though, uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers schedule jumps out to me now that I can see it all color-coded and who goes where. More so because of BC and then the bye in week two. But then you look, the last bye is after the Banjo Bowl. But the schedule before that, beginning in week number nine, is at home to Calgary, at home to BC, at Edmonton, at Saskatchewan, and then home to Saskatchewan. Bye week, then they come out of the bye week at Montreal, Hamilton, Saskatchewan, Montreal, Calgary, Calgary. Going on last year, that's a softer schedule down the bath stretch. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong there. They seem to have more divisional games in the middle of their schedule there. Um, the, the thing I have noticed, and this has been made apparent in the last couple of years, is the CFL is working towards trying to make the final couple of weeks division battle after division battle. I think last year, uh, all but two games in the final four weeks were in-division matchups in the CFL, and part of that is to create that exciting playoff race, which, if you remember the West Division in the fall, me trying to crunch all the Even numbers... the East Division, trying to, yeah. trying to figure out who did get the crossover. Yeah, with three games left where any team between two and, like, any team could finish between, like, second and fifth in the West last year, yeah. and we could have had a four-way tie for second place. Like, that's why they put these divisional games down the stretch. And, uh, you know, again, I was trying to see if I could find any points of improvement in the schedule and I was going to ask you Mike do you like having those divisional games down the stretch or would you prefer to have them more interspersed throughout the season I like I like them spread out to be honest with you I mean I mean here's the thing for me I hate the crap on the east division because well the east division and the weaker sister at this point I don't know if the east has done anything mind giant to change my opinion about that, but we'll wait till the football is actually tipped off. The West Division games are compelling. The East Division games, to be honest, not so much. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing for me, um, is the, you know, early season games. You know, I was I was kind of with you on that originally when I was thinking about this. Of Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing them more spread out throughout because you do get to the end of that season. Let's say we're in the hypothetical situation again where the West Division is dominant, the East Division is not. Look at what we had last year. We had Toronto and Montreal essentially out of the playoff race. By Labor Day. By Labor Day, maybe a couple weeks afterwards. So you have two out of the four teams in the East that are essentially irrelevant to their divisional race, and it was only a matter of, okay, Hamilton or Ottawa at that point. So, you know, maybe more cross-divisional games at that point. But I will say this. The reason why I really like this is because the CFL is trying to drum up as much momentum going into the playoffs of exciting football as they can, right? And that's the whole reason for the doing those divisional games down the stretch is to drum up this playoff race. 
you don't need those exciting in-division matchups at the start of the season in weeks one, two, and three because we're all going to tune in because we're just excited to have football back. Oh, even with, I'm just doing some quick math here. Montreal plays the last eight weeks of the season without a bye. Yeah, so I went through uh, and logged the uh, logged the first, second, and third bye week for the uh, for the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, and the rest of the teams in the CFL, um, when each of their bye weeks are, uh, just to see who had the longest stretch between them, because uh, I wanted to see, you know, my whole goal here was to determine who has the easiest schedule, who has the toughest schedule. So I looked, when's your first bye week? When's your second bye week? When's your third bye week? The longest stretch of games without a bye week is actually Winnipeg. They have 11 straight games between uh, weeks 2 and weeks 14. Uh, they have a bye in week two. They have a bye in week 14. In that span, they're playing 11 straight games. Um, the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have the more spread out bye weeks in that their longest stretch without a bye is six games. So you talk about Montreal, those final nine weeks. Yes, they have nine games in a I row. I mean, by week seven, Montreal will have had two byes. Yeah. Yeah, that's very early on in the season. They're done all of theirs, like you said, by week 12. So and a heavy end to the season for the Alouettes there. Yeah, it's just interesting to see how they schedule these bye weeks for all of these teams. And granted, because now they're getting each team in the league to have three byes, uh, you do have weeks with, like week two where three teams are actually on a bye and we only have three games that week. I'm just looking. There is no... Out of division games the last three weeks of the season. Yeah, and the only one in the fourth last week would be Montreal and Winnipeg. That's so the last division versus division, but that doesn't account because the Bombers have the week twenty one bye. Right. So it's technically two weeks left. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and and it's interesting to see how they schedule the buys. Um if you were a football team how would you want your buys to be structured? Do you have three of them for the season? Do you want that longer stretch at the start of the season with that one? Do you want them evenly spread out throughout? Do you want a long stretch of no buy to get ready for playoff football down the stretch? How do how would you hope to have it? Which which team here falls most in line kind of with the schedule you'd like to have? So I just did a quick glance. Um, maybe Toronto. Why? You'd have the week one by, so you can kind of assemble the new bodies and get that in place and give it an extra week. Then you play one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games, have a buy. One, two, three, four, have a buy, and then you finish it off. But at the end of the day, there's positives and negatives to every schedule. Yeah. And you talk about wanting that first week by. If you're the team, you probably love having that first week by because you get a chance to watch game film on all the other teams while they can't watch game film on you. As a fan, probably not so much, right? I I know even as a Bomber fan with the week I mean, two buy. BCs isn't bad either. Buy in week eight, buy in week 12, buy in week 20. Yeah, I get a couple. But the fact of the matter is every team has a long stretch of games. Right, yeah. Like I said, Saskatchewan and Hamilton have the smallest long stretches of games because their buys are more so in the middle. Uh, the the average length, I'm just checking according to your beautiful chart, is seven or eight games. Yeah, pretty much. So every team has a long stretch. Which is pretty spread out there. So um, 
it's interesting to see how the bye weeks are scheduled there. Uh, Mike, I did put out uh, a poll on Twitter this week that I am going to pull up here. Uh, I tried to ask some questions, get some fan responses again like I did last week, but uh, poor uh, timing on me. I didn't put them out until too late, so we didn't get a whole lot of responses back. But I did ask a poll question. uh, Which day of the week do you most prefer your team to play on? Uh, 50% of uh, fans said said Saturday, 36% said Friday, 7% said Thursday, 7% said Sunday. So... So can you read that again? It seems like fans prefer the Saturday games. 50% of people said they prefer their team to play on a Saturday, 36% on Friday, and then Thursday and Sunday both had 7% each. So I would like to see where in the country those votes came from. Right. Like that would be an interesting depiction of a poll to me. Like I know we can't tell who voted from where. For me... Early season, I prefer Thursday. I like the Thursday games. Thursday night football is fun, especially the way the CFL does the concert series in the summer, which, do you know if they're doing... I just hope the Rattlers are able to get their concert in and win a penny this year. (laughs) It doesn't get rained out. Uh, Do you know if they are doing the concert series again this year? I know. I haven't heard. I think they are. But thought I heard some rumblings, but... I don't know why they wouldn't. It was great last year. There were some great... Uh, halftime performances, and uh, I, I generally like Thursday night football games because, you know, on the weekend, uh, y- you know, I'm going out, I'm trying to do different things uh, on the weekend when I have days off from work. I don't mind coming home from work, putting the feet up on the couch and watching a good old CFL game uh, or going to a game Thursday evening. Uh, certainly, if it is anything like that Eskimos bomber game uh, to start the season last year, uh, which, with all of the delays, ended up going five hours. I don't like that on a Thursday night when i got to get up for work the next morning, but um, Thursday night football is fun to me. I, To me, I don't like Sunday games uh, just because I'm busy every Sunday. Uh, Thursday, Friday night games, I don't mind those ones. Saturdays are okay, too. For some of it, let's throw the tavern. Friday night, okay. Thursday nights preferred during the summer months for me. Um, do you know why they move away from Thursday nights in the fall? Is it because of uh, Thursday night football uh, in the state? It's just on the NFL package. NFL package, right. Um, so, looking, so I did a breakdown of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday games for each of these teams here. Uh, so, uh, regardless of or based on your preferences, maybe you like your team's schedule, maybe you don't. Uh, Thursday night games, the Bombers have the most at four. Montreal only has one. Everybody else is in the two to three range. Uh, Friday night games, uh, Edmonton, Winnipeg, uh, Montreal, and Ottawa all have seven. Then there's a couple more with five. And Calgary and Saskatchewan only have three Friday night games each. A lot of Saturday games on the CFL schedule because they do like to do those Saturday doubleheaders. Uh, 11. For BC and Calgary, Saskatchewan has 10. There's a couple nines, a couple sevens. The Bombers only have six Saturday games, Mike. So uh, as a cabin goer, I, I think you're getting a bit of what you want there. you got the most Thursday night games, the and least the Saturday. The one Sunday game is the typical Sunday game in Regina. The Labor Day Classic, right. Uh, most teams, a couple teams have a Sunday game. A couple teams have a holiday Monday game. So again, pretty balanced across the league, right? There's a Sure, some teams that play a few more games on, say, a Saturday, 
uh, than a Thursday. Well, I mean, you look at the market, see if it have 11 and 10. Who writer fans are going to like that? Because that is also cottage country. And I hear a lot of writer fans like one of the cabin too. So, you know, 10 might be a little high. But keep in mind, the team is not at home 11 times on uh, on Saturdays. Too. Right, They're, yeah. It's, it's split between home and away. Yeah, I just did the total games here. I didn't do the split between home and so, away. So people are kind of panicking when it comes to... Uh, when it comes to... Uh, um, breakdown right right and it's 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 very interesting but for me it's bc saturday games they have 11 calgary maybe because of time zone you know you're likely but i know bc with traffic that get everybody uh out to bc place for a thursday or friday game could be problematic and they also maybe with tv too right i mean people are more likely to stay up later on saturday to watch a B- game from bc than you know, a Thursday night game from BC. And maybe that's why BC only has two Thursday night games, right? Because they're generally later games. Uh, both their, thir- or one of their Thursday night games is a so home So in game. an ideal world, I think you'd want to put a Central or a Prairie team on Thursday night and then out East, right? But then you get the majority of the country for a 7.30 tip-off in Toronto. Right. Excluding BC, which is a 4.30 tip-off, but... Another thing I wanted to look at here is homestands versus road trips. Granted, uh, a lot of the homestands that teams have actually do have a bye week in the middle, or sometimes there's a bye week in the middle of a road trip. But if you're thinking of your ideal schedule again, do you like a good mix of long road trips, long homestands, or do you prefer more, okay, go on the road for a game, come home, go on the road, come home, uh, without having consecutive games at home or away? Well, I'll tell you what, just to take our local team, because we are Blue Bomber fans, they have a lot of home away, home away, home away, home away rotation. So, Yeah, they do. Uh, they have five one-game homestands, five one-game road trips, uh, two two-game homestands for the Bombers this season, and two two-game road trips. So no three-game homestands like some other teams have, no three-game road trips. It's a lot of just home, then away, home, then away. For the bomb. A lot of that is to do you remember Winnipeg and Hamilton have uh, soccer teams that occupy their facilities. So Valor had a lot of home games to accommodate the bomber schedule, and then it's going to kind of even itself out. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, most of these teams are, again, I was interested to see if we were going to get some teams just because. You mentioned scheduling stuff. You know, some teams do share stadiums with other things. The The Bombers now share invest or IG Field with Valor FC, the soccer team here in Winnipeg. And then you got the NFL game in uh, uh, Winnipeg for August. So. Right. And then Toronto. Does Toronto still share the field with... Uh, Evo Field, they share with Toronto FC. So it was... Inter- MLS. So. Yeah. I was interested to see, you know, are there teams that are going to have to go on long road trips? Or have long homestands here. Pretty even all the way around as well. You know, there were some teams that do have three-game homestands. Some teams that do have three-game road trips. Um, but overall, each team kind of has two-game homestands. One or two of them in the year. And then uh, and then two-game road trips. And the rest is just back and forth between home and away. Yep. How does that do for a team, do you think? Do you think it's important to... 
have that long homestand. Because remember, if you have a long homestand, it's likely going to mean, unless your bye weeks are strategically placed otherwise, you're going to have a longer road trip of a couple games later in the season. In a nine-team lead, everything balances out, Ryan. I mean, ideally you factor weather in too, right? I mean, to have Calgary and Winnipeg and Saskatchewan and Hamilton to an extent have home games, most of their home games in October, November. You know, it doesn't really work that way. I mean, just look at the Blue Bombers, for instance. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six home games. One, two. And really only three home games when the weather conceivably turns here, which is somewhere around after Labor Day. Right, yeah. Yeah, I also looked at the first nine games versus the last nine games for each team, uh, the number of home and away games. Um, Again, very much even. Every team hovers around the five home games, four away games in the early going of the season, or four home games, five road games. The only exception is BC. Yeah, BC only plays three games at home early in the season. Six on the road. I'm not sure. And one of them is in week one. So I'm not sure why that is the case. They do Probably soccer with uh, white caps. That could be as well. It's not a huge difference. It's only one less home game than some other teams early in the season. But you look at BC's schedule. They do play, uh, you know, after that first home game against the Bombers, they do play four of their next five on the road. And actually, like you said... Three of them in division, too. Yeah, six of their first nine games on the road for the the BC Lions. So for a team that, you know, last year, if you want to think, if you remember, the Lions struggled greatly on the road. They were great at home but couldn't get it done on the road. We'll see very early on in this season if they can turn that around because they're going to have some tough road games early on. And uh, they're going to have to try to pick up wins on those to stay competitive in the West. Four of their last six weeks, BC is at home. Yeah, then that's the balance of that early season. Maybe for a team that's rounding into form, you want some home games under the dome when the weather gets cold. Because the idea with your BC, you're at home when it gets cold, you can close the dome, you're not really exposed to cold weather games. True. That's very true. Which is another That could be part of it consideration. as well. I'd love to just sit down and spend a day with the schedule maker and just like see what goes all into his head when he, when they're making these schedules. But TSN has a lot of pull, but I don't think they have a lot of a lot of pull, as much pull story as some people believe them to have. In what sense? You know, TSN can request certain matchups, but their schedule is empty on said weekend or said day, and they. Or they have big major events ranging from golf to tennis to, you know, major league soccer to uh, women's World Cup, which is this year, uh, beginning Friday. So, yeah, and they have Gold Cup too, which is the uh, men's tournament uh, for the regional. So, you know, you try to schedule. I I know from a miniature local radio executive that I am, I try to schedule. Uh, a few marquee games around sometimes, but I know uh, we were able to accommodate a broadcast. Um, we've gone through all kind of my statistics on the the schedule as a whole here, Mike. So let's dive into some individual teams here. And I wish I had the magic hat from last week 
uh, to draw some teams out of the hat. But uh, let's just go and take some. Ra- uh, I'll give you some random teams here to uh, let's dive into their schedule a little bit and see how many we can get through uh, in the last half hour of this podcast. Uh, let's start with the Thai Cats, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, because they do open the season at home against Saskatchewan. Uh, what stands out to you with the Ticats schedule? Well, I'm not too sure. I They might hit a wall late in the season. Um, when, when I looked at what their schedule, they do a great job of uh, rotating home and away for the most part. Um, the interesting part t- to me here is, you know, they're bouncing east, west, east, west, home, away, home, away. And then all of a sudden you, you, you creep into... A scenario starting in week number 10 at Ottawa. Then you turn around a week later at BC. So you're going across the country from Hamilton. So three quarters in a way. Not a big deal, right? They did a bye. Then this stands out to me. Week 14 through 18 before their next bye. There is no wiggle room. It's... At Calgary, at Edmonton, at Winnipeg, at home to Edmonton. Yeah, that that is a tough midseason schedule, I think, for Hamilton. You do have a bye week in the middle, but you do have uh, five of six games on the road between and weeks then it 10 kinda, and week 16. It kind of sets you up for what we're hoping is a competitive race. You know, you see all your divisional opponents in your final three games if you're Hamilton. I do like that. Uh, I do appreciate that with this Eastern Division schedule down the stretch. If, if this division does stay tight, which I granted, I think, based on our predictions last week, you and I don't necessarily think that will be the case. I think we expect Hamilton to run away with this division a little bit. But you have each of the teams in the East in the final three weeks of the season plays each of the other teams in the East Division. You don't have a scenario like we've seen with some teams in the past where you you have a couple head-to-heads or you play but, the same team. But here's team. the interesting thing. In that stretch that I just gave you, other Western Division, Eastern Division teams are going through basically the same schedule. Not all on the road, but they all have Western Division opponents. Yeah, it's to try to get those final West games out of the way so that you can yeah. finish on the, so with the East, right? is there a benefit? I just... I looked at that and go three straight at Calgary, at Edmonton. Well, you're probably going to stay on the road that week, I would imagine. I don't think you'd go all the way back to Hamilton and come back. Maybe. Uh, especially given that it's a six-day week, probably not. And then back uh, to Winnipeg. So, touch your teeth. Yeah. It, it makes early season football important. For sure. You can't underestimate a win in June and a win in July when you're scrapping for every point, but you get and you come up a point short and you lose a home playoff game. Or, you know, you're tied for second, but you don't know where you stand in the tiebreaker, so you may lose out on a crossover. I don't think that's going to be the case for Hamilton, but you you just never know. It's And I think it speaks to today's CFL, where there's not necessarily a free spot on the bingo card. For anybody. Right. Uh, we talked a little about Montreal already, how they have a lot of uh, games down the stretch because their last bye week is in week 12. Um, early on in the season, bit interesting. You know, they get that first game in Edmonton. We'll see how Montreal fares in that one. And then they have the bye week to go and make adjustments and get ready for a home-and-home series with the Ticats. So 
It's interesting to me. And then and then at Ottawa, so those three games already might get some kind of answer what's going on in Montreal. Right. And then they play Edmonton again, have another bye week, and then play Ottawa. So nine uh, up until week nine of the season, the Alouettes will have only played three other teams in the CFL, and they'll have played each of them twice. In their own division. Well, no, Edmonton as well. Oh, yeah. 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 Sorry. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to say that Montreal needs to make hay to start the season is understated. Uh, looking at the Ottawa Red Blacks, again, a team that's been overhauled on offense here a little. Uh, they don't get the easiest matchup uh, facing the Grey Cup rematch in Week 1 against Calgary, but we'll see how Calgary uh, fares this year as well. Uh, with this new young Red Blacks offense, uh, do you like their schedule here, or uh, do you think there will be any issues as Mike fo- Mike's phone starts to ring? I don't know. I did a... Robo call. <laughs> we'll ignore the phone call. I'll do. Um, Ottawa's schedule. Do you like it uh, based on the youth and how this team is going to need to grow as the season goes along? Um, Calgary, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, Montreal, Winnipeg. A lot of Western teams. Let's see what you're made of. For sure. Yeah, yeah. You do play. Uh, you do have two games against the Alouettes. Uh, but other the than one that, benefit is they do close four against their own division. Right. Yeah, they don't play Hamilton or Toronto, uh, crucial divisional matchups until week 10. But uh, if I recall on our season preview show, Mike, you did talk about how second place in the East, in your opinion, will come down to whoever wins that uh, that head-to-head between Montreal and Ottawa. You have two, two of their three games this season are out of the way by week eight. Then they don't play again till the final week of the season. So, which could mean everything. Could, a long way to go until then. But I, I just wonder sometimes if we were so in Ottawa short. I think so. I think it's going to be a fun team to watch. I'm excited to watch Ed, Ottawa play. And uh, you know, we do know who the starting quarterback is there now in Dom Davis. We're not going to get into. Are we? That. Are we overhyping Montreal? Oh, probably. <laughs> Let's be real. Three weeks into the season, we're gonna we're gonna look at this and think, why did we just, why did we say Montreal was gonna finish second in the East? Because sure, they look good on paper, but this is the Alouettes team we've come to know and feel sorry for uh, over the last little while. But that being said, we'll see what it says on the football field. We can speculate about these schedules. We can speculate about what it means for each of these teams. Uh, and, and you know how they'll come out early in the season, late in the season, but we won't know until they hit the football field. Let's begin. Absolutely. Uh, just rounding out the East Division here, uh, Toronto. I think you talked about it already. How you like their uh, their bye weeks set up? How they have a couple bye weeks in the middle of the season, a lot of games in the row early on, and a lot of games in a row down the stretch. Is there anything else for you with Toronto that jumps out? The competition, I mean, they start with a rivalry game in week two, then Saskatchewan, BC, Winnipeg. And yeah, it's the same thing with Toronto, right? At Winnipeg, short week at Calgary, okay week at Edmonton, then you're home against Winnipeg. A bye, so one, two, three, four, five, six games in a row, seven games in a row against the West for Toronto. Yeah, and, and you, it's interesting. Toronto gets a pretty like long start to the season in the sense that 
they have the bye week, so they don't play their first game till the 22nd of June. But then they also have a long week there of their next game. Their first game's on a Saturday. Their next game's on a Monday. So nine days later there. So they did, they did a little relief in the middle of the year around week 11, Hamil- Montreal, Hamilton, Ottawa bye. Then it's Calgary, Saskatchewan, BC. That three week gauntlet again. And then Ottawa, Montreal, Ottawa, Hamilton. Crucial divisional matchups down the stretch. Does it, 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 it's a bang your head against the wall and repeat ourselves. Exactly. All, with every single team. Um, Looking at the West Division here a little bit, um, it's interesting to me looking at some of these home and homes down the stretch because we talked about final four weeks for uh, the East Division. Each team plays each other once. Well, with the West Division, you have uh, in weeks 19 and 20, uh, the Winnipeg and Calgary play head-to-head in weeks uh, 20 and 21. Saskatchewan and Edmonton played ahead, head-to-head. Do you like those head-to-head matchups in the final couple weeks of the season? Why not? Let's let's decide positioning, and maybe a sweep for one of those teams would be paramount. The only thing I don't like about that is not getting to play the uh, a certain team until those late weeks of the season. And then you and then what happens? You get them two weeks again in the playoffs? Exactly. Well, you wouldn't get the same team twice in the playoffs. No, but, but one of those teams potentially. Yeah. You could have a scenario where Saskatchewan and Edmonton play each other in weeks 20, weeks 21, and weeks 22. Like in the playoffs in round one, right? So you could have a... When I look at a team like Winnipeg and I know we're going to get there... The only thing that would conceivably scare me is the week 21 bye, and then finishing first in the West. Because we did both have them finishing first in the West, right? That's a long way off before your first playoff but game. But it's two games, off, two games coming off of, two games coming off of uh, Calgary, home yeah. and home. Yeah. So, all you can hope for is that if Calgary ain't gonna be the team that they have been in recent years. You just keep them close enough that those two games mean something. You could potentially have Winnipeg playing Calgary three straight games. You could have Edmonton and Saskatchewan playing three straight games at the playoffs. Let's just get that best of seven series going here, right? Why not, right? Why not? Uh, a couple more teams. We've talked about BC. Uh, have we talked about Calgary at all yet? What do you make not of Not yet. Schedule? I mean, Bo Mitchell has Ottawa, BC, two of the first three weeks at home, and at Saskatchewan at Hamilton. Uh, then the East Division gauntlet from week five to week. Help me out here, right? Ten, sort of. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, well, they do have Edmonton and Winnipeg in there, so they don't have. They have three straight uh, games against the East Division. What I like about Calgary's schedule, they have the bye week right before the Labor Day Classic and the Labor Day rematch with the Edmonton. Well, that that makes it an extra long bye. In what sense? Because you're not playing until Monday. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And then you do play uh, the Saturday the week after on a short week. But those two games between Calgary and Edmonton... There, there is... Honestly, I don't mind a short week if you're playing the same team. Mm, interesting. Because there's no secrets. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. So, well, do you really need to practice four days? Yeah, do you really need to... How much game... Well, granted... Reviewing all of your game film is not going to matter that whole much because the same team's reviewing your game film from that week. They're adjusting to beat your game film, then you're adjusting to beat theirs. You look at the film on the plane, you look at the film after the game, and I think you're done. It's a never-ending chess match, and granted, you know, I will 
what has been my two number one, my two top rules when it comes to CFL pick them over the last couple of seasons, Mike pick Calgary, Split. pick Calgary every game basically, which might change a little this year. Stay tuned. But, and then the other one, wh- it won't, won't. <laughs> it won't. And then the other one is exactly uh, home and home series is often split between two teams. Um, so I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of the home and home uh, just because of that, because most times it is going to be a split either way. Um, but I, I get why they want to do that down the stretch, because if these teams are in a playoff race and these are two crucial games down the stretch, yeah, they're going to matter a whole heck of a lot. Final couple teams here, the Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, they do have a long stretch mid-season. They have a bye week in week four and week 14, and then another one in week 19. So uh, much like Calgary got the bye before the home-and-home home with Edmonton, Edmonton gets that bye week in week 19 before a home-and-home home with Saskatchewan. I think week 19 might be the perfect time for your last bye week. For Edmonton? Yeah. You you get that bye week, then you get that potentially crucial home and home series with a division rival uh, to gear you up for a playoffs, for the playoffs, and a full week between them. I I like that. I like that week nineteen bye week. I'm just trying to think of how I had the West structured. You had Edmonton finishing. You had Winnipeg first, Calgary second, Edmonton third, BC fourth, and Saskatchewan fifth. I think. The games could mean something. They could. Uh, Edmonton starts off at home against Montreal. Uh, so they start off the season with a two-game homestand. Uh, second game, BC. Mike Riley coming back to town Friday, June 21st, uh, making his first official start in Edmonton as a member of the BC Lions. So look for that game. That should be a fun one to watch there. And uh, I'm interested to see how this Edmonton team is going to uh, grow. And uh, I'm interested to see also uh, if they are, because they, you know, they do have a couple bye weeks later in the season. If during those bye weeks after NFL tryouts and preseason has gone down, some of these guys from the Eskimos that have gone down south, will we see them come back to Edmonton if they don't make Do they have the top space? That's going to be in something interesting as well, right? Is there's some high priced guys that have gone to the NFL who's going to be able to afford them if they come back. Hopefully, all of these guys are able to make it down south because we always do root for CFL players to have a good showing in the NFL. Um, only other team we haven't really talked about so far, Saskatchewan's schedule. Uh, they do play the final six weeks of the season. Uh, their bye weeks, again, are the most spread out. They're, that final six weeks is actually their longest stretch without a game. Other than that, they go four weeks, then a bye, four weeks, then a bye, four weeks, then a bye. I mean, seems like a fairly easy schedule for Saskatchewan, if you ask me. The only thing I'm looking at is October. They got at Calgary, at BC, at Edmonton. That is facilitated because of the Heritage class to take place between the Jets and the Flames at Mosaic. Ah, good point. Forgot that was happening. See, that's what I was mentioning before, right? Different events causing different scheduling necessities. I mean, Saskatchewan's probably going to stay out east to start the year, so travel is minimal. At home, three of the four with a buy in there. Home and home with BC, that's home to at Montreal, buy. I would say, personally... The if- schedule sets up for me for Saskatchewan to have a good start. Whether that's sustainable, I'm not sure. 
we've gone through everybody's schedules here. If you had to pick a team that you said would say has the easiest schedule this season, who would you say it would be? Well, BC's got BC's got the three game trip after opening up against Winnipeg. Sits seven straight games with it. I'll I'll give you mine here while you take a look through and think. Sure. I I think for me the easiest schedules are probably the Toronto or sorry the Saskatchewan Rough Riders like I just mentioned because you only go four weeks at a time without a bye. Uh, you have a fairly uh, easier schedule. You know you don't have a lot of divisional games early on. Um, if you are Saskatchewan, there's a realistic chance Saskatchewan could start the year three and zero. Yeah, or four and zero. Put Calgary in week four. Okay. Saskatchewan's been known to give Calgary some fits. Where I think the fit becomes is after that. BC, BC, Hamilton, Montreal, Ottawa, Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Montreal, Toronto, Winnipeg, Calgary. Again, it comes down to that stretch at the end of the year, that four-game stretch, where they better have made some wins. And I think if you want to talk about who has the easiest schedule, maybe it's Montreal Alouettes. They have those. I know they have nine straight down the stretch at the end of the season. But I don't know if that's a bad thing if you start developing some consistency, especially if you're a team that's going to need to grow throughout the season to have the to play a couple games, get that bye week to adjust, play a couple games, get that bye week to adjust, and then get ready for that final stretch of the season. They have the least short weeks and the most long weeks out of any team in the CFL. They're the only ones uh, who have more long weeks than short weeks. I think Montreal might have the easiest schedule here uh toughest schedule do you have an answer for that one hamilton why we'd sit with 13 with 18 the three game trap out west and then edmonton and then there's also a trap at ottawa at bc which automatically becomes a short week for hamilton because of the travel right yeah uh, if I had to pick one, I would probably say BC just because they have to go on the road uh, four out of their first six weeks uh, for a team that's struggled on the road the past couple of years. That's a little tough. Again, it, but but it's Mike Riley, right? It's yeah. not. It's not Jonathan Jennings, right? And that, and that's no disrespect to John Jennings, but BC is a different team this year, and that's maybe why I had BC so low. Well, because of that schedule to start. Yeah, because they are a team with a lot of overhaul, and they're going to need to figure things out on the road early on. I also think the fact that the Bombers play 11 straight games without a bye week uh, is a little bit tough on them scheduling-wise. Uh, you know, Calgary also does have a couple more long weeks than anybody else in the... or more short weeks, sorry. So I think, you know, some teams might have slightly easier schedules, some teams might have slightly harder schedules, but just as we wrap things up here, Mike, I think you and I would both agree that uh, overall this is a well-balanced CFL schedule, uh, and, and there's going to be a lot Everybody of... didn't have something at Rumble, but everybody didn't have something that they liked, so... And there's going to be a lot of exciting matchups, and, uh, and, and it's a well-built schedule for some excitement early on in the season when we're all hyped up and ready for a new season, and some excitement down the stretch as we get into divisional battles. Uh, if you had to pick a game that you're most looking forward to on the schedule this season, which game would that be? Outside of the Banjo Bowl and Labor Day? Well, yeah, those are gimmies. Winnipeg and Hamilton. Why? Just because I think those are going to be the two top teams. Maybe week one, Winnipeg and BC. That that will be a fun one, I think. You know, just because, you know, you, you kind of set your tone and it. 
It's really unfortunate the Bombers have a week two bye, but it's a lot better than a week one bye, I guess. You want to know which game I'm actually really excited for? Week five, Montreal and Ottawa. Two teams that are in a development phase right now, I would say. Two teams that I... Somebody going to get two points there. Exactly. Unless there's a tie. Two teams that I consider bright young teams uh, that could grow this throughout as the season goes along here. Uh, You know, a couple younger quarterbacks leading their teams here. I'm excited for a matchup like that because you never know what you're going to get. We had a preseason game this week where Toronto outscored Montreal 42-20. to Um, Granted, it's preseason, but... You you never know what you're going to get. Go back to the game, what was it, last year? Was it Toronto and Ottawa, the McLeod-Bethel-Thompson game, uh, where he comes off the bench, leads them on a crazy comeback. Uh, like, anything can happen in the CFL is basically the thing here. We spent an hour breaking down everything to do with the schedule. I'm probably, there's probably somebody sounding alarm bells, but we forgot something. So, I don't know what to say to that, but. Well, if we did, uh, send us a message on Twitter at CFC on Mike FM and let us know. Good idea. Some social media, some social media um, engagement. Yes, exactly. Uh, Mike, we've got a couple minutes left here uh, just to wrap things up, about five minutes or so. Uh, what do we have coming down the pipe for the podcast next week? You wanna you wanna talk a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, we have the first ever CFC. I don't know if you want to put my tip in but the first ever CFC fantasy draft special. Yes, Mike and I will be picking fantasy teams for this season. Uh, we'll actually be doing the draft right after we record this, just because we're on a bit of a time crunch next week, uh, and. Frankly, we don't want a lot of dead air time as we try to do, make sure our picks fit within the uh, the roster breakdown we need. So uh, we'll, we'll pre-do the draft. We'll be back on the podcast next week to recap all of it. Uh, go through That's Monday night. Next Monday night, if you're listening live on Mike FM Winnipeg. All- 7 o'clock Central Time. Yes. It will also be on the... Uh, on the podcast platform Monday night as well. So And there's another Mike FM show which may or may not be wrapping up the NHL season which begins at six o'clock, the Ultimate Hockey Show. So check that out as well, certainly. Uh looking forward to doing this fantasy draft. Uh as you know, I've been a fantasy football junkie uh get ready to get my doors blown off for the past couple of years. Uh we'll be picking offensive players, defensive players, and yes, a kicker as well so uh trying to cover some of the brightest talent from around the cfl and we'll see uh who can pick the best team here mike uh of course we have been doing the periscopes so far this season uh last week we did one after the episode this week we did one beforehand i don't know if you have a preference i kind of enjoyed doing it beforehand just because we knew we were going to talk schedule today there was a lot of preseason talk that we didn't get to cover uh, we didn't think we'd have time to cover in this episode, so uh, check us out on Periscope, the Canadian Football Countdown as well, uh, and, and go watch that, the replay of that, uh, where we talked a little bit about the preseason games this week, especially the uh, the Bombers versus Eskimos game. One thing I want to touch on, it's not CFC related, but it's, an, it's a note. Good luck to Valor FC, who begins their quest for Canadian Championship tomorrow. They'll take on Halifax, HFS, Wanderers at Wanderers Grounds. It's a 4.15 kickoff uh, from out uh, east. 
and then they're home to play Halifax in the second leg to that championship. Most goals in the two games wins. Oh, wow. That's fun. And then the winner would go on to play the Ottawa Fury. The winner of that would potentially play Toronto FC at Major League Soccer. So, Well, good luck to the Dale and the boys. They got them rolling with that uh, smoke-filled soccer game, which was supposed to happen Saturday. Didn't end up happening, but they have to wait till Sunday. But they came up with the all-important three points. Well, good luck to the Valor FC in that as well. A different type of football, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, good luck to them. Uh, good luck to everybody uh, in all the sports, Mike. Good luck to everyone in all the sports. Especially with the uh, high school grad season coming. Uh, congrats to all the graduates, too. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I also want to make a quick mention. Uh, congrats to the individuals that uh, put, put Partook? in in uh is that even a word? I don't know. Just go for But it. had the privilege of partaking in the CJFL signing day for the uh Winnipeg Rifles. Absolutely. So uh welcome to the rifles. I will touch on the rifles as the season goes on. For sure. That's it for this episode. Tune in again next week. Follow us on Twitter at CFC on Mike FM, like us on Facebook as well. And subscribe, comment, view on all the podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and more. Uh, check out Canadian Football Podcast Network shows as well at cfpodnetwork.ca and at cfpodnetwork on Twitter. We'll be back again next week. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye.